0: Podcasts where we don't take ourselves and life too seriously. What are my peeps? What are my peeps? (laughs) So you say that you're a freelancer, right? And also a staff writer. Mm. Please give us an explanation of what that is.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like, I went to school for communications. Yeah. Um, I got my degree and so right now it's like trying to establish some of like some networks but also trying to establish some skill sets that I can use to get into the corporate world. Of course like I still haven't necessarily decided industry but um right now for freelancing it's like uh, so I'm kind of like open to like work with people to like help them like establish their social media presence and stuff like that. You've also seen like on my Instagram like you know I have been trying to be more um Less fearful of posting content. I did establish like my page like a really long time ago, but I'd always been very like um very like very doubtful about like will people like it? Will people not like it? And I was like, okay, it doesn't actually matter if people like it or not. I think I just have to create, yeah, I just have to create content, and I just have to create things that resonate with me. But how can I showcase what I am feeling as a writer? And so if you if you visit like my my Facebook page or like my Instagram page, you'll find that it's mostly written stuff. It's mostly written stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's just another aspect um that I'm working on, which is like um learning how to do documentaries. I, I figured like, you know I have a friend, she she's a she's a designer and so I I one day got inspired because she's so passionate about what she does and I was like would you like it if we did segments each year and I just document you when you're working on your um on your you know, on your um on your work, when you're working on the things that you produce and you know she was into it. And I so I think that's like I would say that's like freelancing because I'm trying to not necessarily like go back to school to learn a documentary. I think um I want to teach myself because I think, you know, the best students are the ones that are always learning. Yeah. And then also freelancing in terms of, like, um, writing. Um, so that's why I kind of established my blog. I don't know. I don't think people know this because for a really long time, I'd always wanted to start a blog. I would always write down ideas for a blog. I started off using Wix. At that time, Wix.com had really good interfaces, but I was doing too much. I was trying to make it aesthetically pleasing. I was trying to make it, you know, inviting that I didn't even focus on writing the content or coming up with a content schedule and stuff like that. And then uh, my friend introduced me to Squarespace, and I just jumped on Squarespace. And I think it's because, like, I just know that this year is my year. I was willing to make that investment, right? So I made that investment, and then I just, I took the time. Like, I sat down and I started, you know, designing, like, how I wanted my website to be. Um I wasn't too worried about how people will perceive it. I was so worried about how does this represent who I am and does yeah. it make me happy to always come back and work on it. I think I did a really great job with my um my website. I also think I did I do a very good job at like talking about things that are of my interest. Like because I'm a communications major, I am very much into technology um because I like to talk to I like to talk about world issues. I'm very much into like, you know, talking about lifestyles and, you know, I also like food and drinking, not, Mm -hmm. not alcoholic, not like, I get (laughs) it, we get it, we get it, yeah. Exactly, I I like, I like gaming, I like, you know, I I like reading, so it's like, that's why I also had a, you know, page where I can talk about the things that I'm into, I think as young people, we need to be interesting, I think we need to find ourselves interesting, and not for other people, but for ourselves. We need to establish how we can move through life through the things that we find valuable. And I think for me, writing is the most valuable thing. What's so sad about my writing is that, like, in high school, I got bullied a lot for writing before KA. This okay. was before KA. Like, um, I used to like, like, write poetry. The first guy I ever, like, was with, like, he was, um, he was a poet. Um, and an artist, but he got me into writing, so then I got into writing ever since then it stuck with me and so on my other side projects as a freelancer, I'm also doing like, I'm writing personal projects Ah. exactly Is it personal projects that you're not sharing? or No, oh,
0: (laughs) what's the whole point? (laughs) What's the whole point? What is the whole whole point?
1: point? Yeah, the point is to help inspire other writers, but also to you know, to be vulnerable. I think to be vulnerable is to to stand in your own strength or let's say the little the little things about yourself that you know are true to you. Yeah. And when I say stand in your own you know your own strength, I don't mean to like rely on your own strength. I just mean that to take what God has given you and utilize it. So I feel like I feel like I really do have enough for writing. Maybe some people don't think so, but I don't care. Um, (laughs) And then for my staff writer job, I'm actually... So I've been working at a publication. um, It's called The Peak. It's under the university. Uh, So this job has basically helped me, like, establish, like, writing for publishing, not necessarily writing for interest or writing academic papers. It's mostly writing for things that have to be factually correct, things that have to, you know... um, sections how do you tell stories from sections and so the i wanted to kind of like translate what i've learned from this job into my own personal blog and so it was like okay but how do i talk about technology i need to put facts in because i can't just talk about something without facts well how do i talk about reviews i need to show people what i'm talking about so you know hence the references of pictures and stuff like that. Or how do I talk about opinions? Okay, I need to, you know, talk about personal experiences or talk about personal issues or this and that. And so just kind of like jiving around along those lines of like taking what I've learned in school, taking what I've learned in my job and then translating it into my personal life because I think those two things go hand in hand. I also
0: wanted to ask when did it all start? But it's nice that you mentioned that you started writing in high school. A lot of people had so many things that they did in high school. But what is what is what what is it about writing that just res- resonated with Nursia? Like, yeah,
1: it's giving me what I need. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a very great question, I think. Um, I'm always the one asking, what are you passionate about? And so <laughs> for you to ask me that, it makes me really happy because I, it wasn't as if I didn't know how to write before. Um, before that, I used to always have journals and I think it's just because I was never the type of kid that would talk about how I felt. Yes, I was maybe loud, outgoing, whatever, but that's just the surface of it. I never really knew how to connect to myself without using writing. And so I started writing at a really young age. Um, I got myself some diaries I would always write. In fact, in fact I have all these books that like I use to write different things. And this is just like... Uh, A little bit of whatever. I think what drew me writing, even with the relationship, was like um, at that time I was really going through it. Like in high school, I was really going through it because, like you know, there was just a lot of people showing me that I wasn't accepted in that space, that I was the one out and whatnot. So I started writing poetry. I would always write poetry about how angry I was, about how sad I was, about how he made me feel, or how like you know, writing made me feel. It wasn't, I, I'm so sad that I lost that poetry, but then I've written more. I've written a lot of poetry, but I would say, for me, it's a very delicate thing, writing. Um, I, I think I find peace in writing things that will give people chills down their spine. Yeah. I think, Or when I come up with something and I can put it into words and I read it back and I'm like, oh, this is so good, you know? It's, I think it's just a part of me that is so easy to show without saying too much. I think that when I write, I'm not pretending to be anything else but a writer. I think I'm not pretending to be, anything else but what I was created for. I think that some of the th- some of the things that I hope to work on in the future I feel come with the influences of like watching TV or like, you know, watching the world. But I think that when I look at like when I look up to the people that I've read their works and stuff like that and how they've translated reality into fiction. And I'm like, oh my God, I could do the same. You know, I never, I never look at it as unachievable. I look at it as what can I learn from them and translate it into my own writing? Because every writer has their own different voice. And so I think when I write, it's almost as if I'm tuning into the true voice that I have. And I'm writing, I'm writing with so much honesty and, um, vulnerability. There's something I practice um, every year, or every after every trauma, <laughs> I I write a letter to myself in the future, and then I hide it somewhere. Mm. And so because I'm, I like to clean every once in a while, I come across it, and if it's over a year old, I read it. And every time I do that, I'm always like, okay, <laughs> you are doing too much at this point, but... I love myself for that because when I write letters to myself,
0: it's reminding
1: me that I am loved and that I am safe with who I am and that there's always room to grow in my writing. Yeah, yeah. I hope that answers the question.
0: You saying that you write with so much vulnerability and honesty, I felt that in everything that you wrote. So I read your reviews, and your reviews, I'm sure, there's foodie thoughts sipping good wine. I read To Love and To Love is my favorite among all your. From the blog, To Love is my favorite. I don't know why. <laughs> to Love is my favorite. Your lifestyle, growth becoming, growth becoming still. And I read about the technology. The technology part, I really try my best to understand because I already told you not, but I read everything. I even, I even started using Chat TV. I mean, ChatGDP yesterday because I read all of it. And, I could, and I'm like, oh, oh
2: that's
0: so oh nice. And I could You're feel that. Me right now, I could actually feel that from everything that you wrote, honestly. And now I just like to get into like each of everything, like what I read from the blog, right? Good. So let's go with the reviews first. Woody mm. thoughts? Sleeping good wine. Oh, I'm so happy that you did that. You know, one on thing a that, that on a budget. On a back. Oh my God! On a bu- and it was really on a budget. And you describe every single wine you taste tasted for different occasions when you're alone with a friend, hosting. I mean, having friends over.
1: And what you, you cannot see mean? me, but I'm smiling. People, <laughs> I'm very much like <laughs> gleaming right now. Just to start it off, did you try? Yeah.
0: Did you did did you? How did it go with the sangrias? Because you said with one of the wines. That you have to try mm. the sangrias. Um, I think it was the rosé. I'm sorry, I don't
1: remember the the names correctly. No, that's okay. Yeah. Um, so I think that one was the apothec red. Yeah. Um, and it's a strawberry flavor. So for that one, actually, I haven't actually like been able to make a rosé. Um, not a rosé. Um, I haven't. Oh yeah, it is a rosé, but yeah. apothec red or something. That's yeah. what it's called. I haven't actually been able to sit down and make a sangria just because like. First of all, I have to get paid. Second of all, I am in the, um, right now, like, because of work, I'm kind of, like, working on tight schedules and stuff like that, so I'm hoping that once things settle down, then um, I'm probably going to invite my friend over. Um, I really like having her over. She she loves to be in my space to, like, unwind, so I think it would be a good day to kind of, like, you know, create content out of it and, like, you know, practice how to make the sangrias together and have a drink, maybe make some, you know, food and stuff like that. But I actually haven't tried what I suggested in that on that one, I said like I heard that it's actually good to try with sangria. Here's a recipe. Yeah. 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 Hopefully people don't call me on that.
0: No, like you provided links to everything you talked about. Do you know yes, what they've found so genius about that? At the, I'm telling you, Nene, at the end of the reviews, it's not enough just to tell us how the wine is tasting. She told us, okay, if you do not know how to taste wine or how to go about it, here's a link to five steps. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> took me out. I was so, oh my gosh. Like, I was like, that is so genius. Yeah. Oh my, if oh. it was just five easy steps, you don't have to do much. You really, yeah, yeah. how does it, it was basically, how does it taste to you? Basically, how you felt, and I was just,
1: Wow. Yeah, you gotta swirl it, you gotta sip it, you gotta look at the you know, the consistency of it. And you know, I think that's why I said in the very beginning, I was like, you know, sometimes you might want a luxurious lifestyle but you cannot afford it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you don't deserve to do good things. Like you said earlier, you said there might be something expensive that you want, but you can actually find it for cheaper. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like I I guess that's how it translates, like I was very like I was very nervous, but then halfway through it, and like I started putting the pictures, started like adding the review stars, like talking about putting all the links, and I was like, I stopped there, and I was like, this is so good and because I was it. so excited. I think I've also seen my growth. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: And oh, I actually have one last question about this review. Mm. There was no red wine. Oh yeah, I'm actually working on that. Did
1: you not see me drink
0: red yeah, wine? Yeah, I did you, did. you know, my thoughts about it was maybe she doesn't like red wine because I'm really i myself. I'm not a fan of red wine, so I thought uh, maybe yeah, she yeah, doesn't yeah. like red wine. But now seeing you sip red wine, I just thought, oh, maybe it's coming. So that's Yeah, it is know. coming. It is
1: coming for sure. The maybe thing is with us red us, wine. So, yeah, sorry, So go there's on. There is
0: something for us that don't. So, because I'm not really a fan of red wine, it's so heavy. I like white wine.
1: So, if you yeah, have yeah. something that would go well for people like us, please Do oh yeah there's is, there is the like um, so so far I've had like three types of wine. ah uh, three types of red wine, like three bags, I'm saying, um, so you've gotta try also like you know three like different types of red wine, but I think for me too, it's the same, like I find it very heavy, but the reason why I'm drinking it now is because I'm having issues with sleep. Yeah. So what I wanted to do is to incorporate what are the benefits of red wine because I've heard that red wine is actually more beneficial than white wine. wine yeah. And so kind of like going about like reviewing it would be like what are the properties that help with red wine and then which ones are good, which ones are not. Well, not which ones are not, but like which ones are good on the budget, but which ones are also heavier than the others, which ones are lighter. You know, just having fun with it, I think, when you're writing about it.
0: I can't wait, to be honest. And the second review is to love. As I say, my favorite piece on the blog, right? Yeah. So, you know yeah. what I was expecting, right? Let me tell you what I was expecting when I was going to love. Since it's a review, I thought maybe... Because you're
1: reviewing a movie.
2: Sorry. Um, movie. The
1: Eternal Sunshine. Um, yeah, The Eternal Mind of... Wait, The Eternal... The Eternal on. Mind of... Wait, did I, How can I forget my own work? <laughs>
0: No, I mean too much genius. That's what it is, man. <laughs> Thank that's what you. They, I, this I old, am the Eternal of Sunshine. So the movie is the etern- Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless. Mine. Yeah. Spotless minds. Yeah. Ah, okay. So I was expecting just a review of a romantic movie, basically. Oh, I am a big movie fanatic. But can I ask? why is this a review cuz i quartz i'm okay cuz i'm getting three things from it you're talking about your own experience with romance you're talking about the couple there with you in real time and you're talking about the movie at the same time why yeah. is this, is this a review on love at where you were what your thoughts were at the time
1: yeah yeah, I Please. think I think you've definitely summed up that very well because um, I think for me when I watch movies, I'm not necessarily watching them for the entertainment, just to like be entertained. I again as a writer, yeah, <laughs> you want <it's>... to judge. <laughs> you you want to judge yeah. like um, yeah. I'm I'm learning a lot from watching movies because I'm also trying to learn how to do script writing, and so. When I wrote that, I definitely was writing it from a from a from a time where I had just experienced something. But also, you know, sometimes I think movies, depending on who, who you're watching the, with, like who you're watching with, they tend to have a different impact. Or when you're watching alone, um, I'm not the best person to watch a movie with because I'm always asking questions, I'm always, yeah. always speaking out loud, I'm always pausing, rewinding, and I'm always like. I know this is gonna go this way, and I'm usually right. I'm such a spoiler for movies because, again, like, uh, as a writer, I'm always trying to learn why did the director do this? I took some cinematography, like, courses in, um, uni, so we had to learn about, like, you know, screening, we had to learn about, like, you know, just, The design of television and, like, you know, what are the purposes of, like, documentaries? What are the purposes of, like, reality show and stuff like that? And so when you watch a film, I feel like when I watch a film, I'm like, yes, I am entertained. But why is this this way? Why is she saying like this? When did her voice change? Like, why is she wearing white and wearing red in the different scene? What does that signify? And so then I try to translate it into my own life. And then when I'm doing that, I'm like seeing all these things, all these effects that it has on me as a person. And so when I wrote that, I wasn't just writing a movie review. Literally, anyone can do that. We yeah. can just be out here and be like, did you watch that movie? Did you watch Wakanda 2? Exactly, too? exactly. I didn't actually watch Wakanda 2 or Black Panther, let's say. The reason why is because there's so much controversy. But I wanted to wait for the controversy to die down. To die down. So that yeah. when I watch it, my opinion is not based on... How would I write the movie? What, how would I write a review about something like that? Well, I'd write about it from a perspective of like, how does this translate to traditional culture? Like, not traditional culture, but how does this translate to like the traditions of Africans? Because, quote unquote, Wakanda is in Africa, but yeah, and so kind of like talking about what is a utopia? What would a utopia in Africa look like? Would it be like Wakanda? And so kind of like, see, now I'm not ex- talking about myself in Wakanda. I'm talking about Wakanda translated into Africa yeah. in your life. You know, so I think with the film ones, I'm trying to take more of an approach that is like based on life experience in films and how that, you know, affects you as an audience. Okay. Yeah. So
0: you talked about, um, trying to watch movies with like an objective mind so that what's other people's opinions basically don't, don't affect how you view something you watch, definitely, right? Mm. So, and that translates to my next question, right? Mm. I mentioned before, like, you were writing, you mentioned, like, um, at the time, you you actually talked about a past relationship in hindsight. You talked mm. about how you loved them, but, like, sort of like a naive love, thinking that love would be enough. And then you're looking at peaches and Jack. You feel like they're in the same place. But with them, it's that what? But it's them, you describe them as being afraid to be alone. Like They're afraid to explore their love with each other, and but like to have basically mediators sort of come in their love. Mm-hmm. And you describe this as toxic. At least that's what I got from it, right? Mm-hmm. So my question is, right now, when you look at love, loving somebody, you said love is not enough. It's really, it's not enough. What would you describe as toxic love and what do you think would make or like make love feel like it's enough or try to sufficient? Make, yeah, what is sufficient for love and what do you expect from your next romance?
1: Marriage. Yeah. But everything not just announcement. How do you want to be loved in that marriage? Yeah. Okay, so I think that's a very great question and I think um I know where exactly you're referring to and I think this is where I said like, you know, they, they are trying to look love from each other but um they don't know how to be by themselves and so it's hard for them to see themselves as individuals and so they rely on that love to make them whole. And I think that also speaks on my experience, um my, my last relationship was definitely my longest relationship. Not that I have a bad track record. It's just that um, I don't get in relationships that often. Yeah. Um, I, I keep to myself like I've established. Um, and the thing is, like when when I got out of that relationship, it wasn't like as if we broke up. He just stopped talking to me. But I also know that I was a very great girlfriend. It's just that he was in a place where he wasn't strong enough to face me and tell me that he did not want me. So he did everything to upset me so that when he walked away I wouldn't reach out, which I had already kind of like seen ahead again, like as an overthinker you tend to create these scenarios. Yeah. So to speak on like what I'm looking for in a relationship in the future, I think I think that this person needs to love God more than he loves me because if you have the fear of God you will not treat people with disrespect. Yes. But then also love is not sufficient. I think you need to have discipline. I think you need to have you know, self-respect, and I think you need to have boundaries. You need to have financial literacy, and I think you also need to have a set of values that you're going to bring into a marriage or a relationship. And you need to be able to establish that from the get-go because the way you carry yourself tells people how they should treat you. When my ex reached out after like six months of not talking to me, and yeah, I never reached out because I was over that stuff like way yeah, before yeah. it even ended. Yeah. Um, I told him the truth. I told him like, hey. I don't know why you're calling me. I'm not going to, like, validate what you're feeling because I don't think it's an apology. In fact, I need you to know that the only reason why I was with you for so long is because I didn't know how desperate I was. Yeah. I didn't know how desperate I was for a relationship until I got with you because what you made me go through was indespicable, was so, it was so damaging. But mm-hmm. here I am. I'm still okay. Why? Because, you know, The biggest thing that you can take away from a relationship, or the biggest thing that you can look for in a relationship, is someone who knows themselves, someone who loves themselves. Mm -hmm. But they don't just love themselves, they also have a big love for God. Because, you know, a lot of the things that you will go through in a relationship, God can fix. Mm -hmm. And so if you're just kind of like always looking to your partner to help you figure who you are, always looking to your partner to, like, you know, help you establish a, a love for yourself you'll get to that point where your your partner doesn't necessarily have the solutions for you because your partner is not you they're their own person and so you need to work together to establish what is helpful and what isn't helpful and i think most of us don't ever do that we just jump in a relationship with our own expectations and our own you know notion about what love should mean but really love is not enough because i could love you but tomorrow i could like you know hit you with my car and I'll be like, no, sorry, I, you know, I just lost track or oh, oh, da-da-da-da. And it's like, if you had respect or if you had, you know, the right tools, you wouldn't have hit with your car. I think that's a bad example, but y'all know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you can relate because, hey, it's hard out here.
0: It's really hard. <laughs> Romance, everything about love. loving everyone everyone. Yeah. Just... Oh, And finally, my last question is, Clementine, I hope I'm saying her name correct. Clementine. No. You described somewhere about how Jack learns how to like, love Clementine for who she is and not who she could be or who she mm. was of potential. Right? Mm. But my question is, right, I, and this is from a person that hasn't watched the movie, right? Mm. Was Clement, Clementine afraid of being loved like that for who she is? Because I kind of got the vibe that you did say that like she was kind of like pulling away, or oh, she tried mm. her best to forget. Um,
1: to forget was it Joe or Jack? I think it was Jack. If yeah, I'm not mistaken. Jack. Yeah, she definitely. Um, so in the film, you can in the film they break up,
2: mm.
1: but it's so hard for her to process the breakup. So she goes and like you know, um, alters her memory to remove to remove Jack. Guys, if I'm getting the name wrong, it's okay. Basically, what I took from that is that sometimes we love people so much that we're willing to, like, remove our own skin for them. So, and then if that relationship doesn't work out, it's so hard for us to see ourselves moving forward. You know, that's why some people get depressed. Some people, you know, um some people pick up vices and stuff like that because they want to replace that thing that made them feel so, you know, I'm um, loved and you know ac- accepted. So with Clementine I think what she was going through was more so like not being able to see that she does deserve to be loved. Because she kind of portrays herself as someone that is not unwilling to love but no one will ever love her because you know she has all these all these like relationships that didn't work out. So yeah. now she finds a guy that leaves his fiance at the altar to be with her. And now she's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. This is so, you know, and again, it's like, when you go through a breakup, do you process it or do you just jump to the next person? When you go through a breakup, do you ask yourself what you can do better? When you break up with someone, do you tell God, thank you so much for letting me be free from that? And, you know, that's why me, I never go back to my exes, because why would it work out the second time? No reason. No, exactly. So no reason. So at every point of a relationship, you learn something. But of course, Clementine and Jack getting back together was not because was not because like you know um, they were toxic. It was because they both well because also it's fiction and and it's like it's science fiction. There's parts where she he find like Jack finds out about what Clementine thinks of him, and Clementine finds out what he thinks of her. And so it it's almost like that moment is. The part where vulnerability plays a big role, it's like you need to be willing to be vulnerable about who you are. And so when they both kind of like caught each other at vulnerability is when they realize that, oh, actually I do love this person and I don't know why I'm torturing myself by saying I don't.
0: That's a nice way to end that one. Okay. Great. This is Chimo Chats, the podcast where we don't take ourselves in life too seriously. Oi. Wagwan. Wagwan. Guys, and for lifestyle, you have one, or one, 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 one piece. Mm. Oh, so it's growth can become stale. And you describe it in five ways. Mm. I'm correct, right? Mm. So first of all, you say it can become stale because you think your growth isn't significant, or maybe you didn't grow enough. Or it's too small. Could you expand a little bit more on that? Because I totally relate. We don't like to um we don't like to give ourselves credit of for the little
1: things, you know. We don't like to celebrate small wins and all that. I think a lot of that piece came from the conversations I have with Yuki. So Yuki has been like a very influential part of my life and she's my pillar. Um, she's someone that I definitely look up to and someone that I'm always like, you know, able to talk about my spirituality and my growth. So when I wrote this piece, I kind of took a lot of inspiration from things that we talked about. And I guess, because this one was pretty much one of the earliest pieces for this, for this year. Take so what I want, oh yeah, oh yeah, um, good thing it came out in Jan, because it was specific. That no, was such so a nice cool. way to, to like, yeah. Jump into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I wrote this piece, I just kind of wanted to start off on the right foot about who I wanted to be this year. Yeah. Um, I think what I did was I basically took everything that has not been working mm-hmm. and wrote about it and said, I'm not doing this again. I'm not looking for validation from other people because that's useless. Yes. Um, you know, you I'm you not going to for- try to like, I'm not going to try to like, you know, move past the moments where, you know, I've thrived. You know, there are times where, like, again, like, when I was looking at the review piece and I was like, oh my God, this looks so good. I didn't just move past it. I went away, came back, and I looked at it again, and I was like, yes, yes. Now, this is what we call writing, you know. Why? Because... I will no longer walk all over my success. It takes a lot to get to that point where you can see your success, you know. And it's translated differently. And then so even when I talked about like, you know, um, doubt, I feel like that was the point that I had to be like rip the band-aid. Because I was like, yeah. And again, "Mm -hmm." you also mentioned the relationship as well on the doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think like it was so easy for me to hide behind doubt and be like, but who am I? I am nursing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so it was so easy to, it was so easy to minimize myself. It was so easy to look down on myself because, again, like it's so much easier to think that you're incapable because you're afraid of failing. But the thing is, like I've been failing all this time and I just didn't realize it. Again, how does that translate? It's because I always wanted people to reassure me that what I was doing was good. So all these ones, like all these points, like the five points that I write about are all intertwined because they're all translated to the things that just were not working. Sometimes, let's say, for instance, like with reassurance, um, instead of telling people like, oh my God, I'm working on this, can you tell me what you think? I write it. I do it. And then when they ask, I'm like, oh yeah, you can just go and look at and it. And check it out. Mm. Exactly. Instead of being like, I can't move forward without you telling me I am good enough.
0: It's a thing we talked about this earlier, so how we were saying how we know what we want to do, but we need somebody else to okay it. Just yeah. do what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. If you yeah. need anyone to
2: reassure you, God yeah. can reassure you. You know.
0: And think speaking about God, oh yeah, the one that really like touched my heart is shame and how. A lot of us don't pray because of shame, and I relate to that deeply. Feeling yeah. embarrassed with yourself is different. Yeah, it hits. It hits, hits like. Eh. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you can't even speak to God.
1: Imagine. Mm. Mm. But you know, um, Yuki told me something, again, because this piece relates to so much of the conversation yeah. Yeah. I had with Yuki. Yeah. It just feels appropriate to kind of like credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. Um, she said something to me, like, um, recently I've been like, I was struggling so much to get back into prayer because, again, I like, I, that's when peak I realized, oh, I always go too hard and then I fall really harder yeah. in my faith. So maybe I should try to lay a good foundation. And then I was telling her, like, hey, I'm really having a hard time praying. And, like, you know, I feel like God hates me. I feel like God doesn't want to talk to me. I feel like I'm always shutting myself away from God whenever I do something that God does not like. Because I feel unholy. I feel, I feel like, you know, covered in sin. I feel like the Holy Spirit has left me. And and I'm so ashamed. And I'm so, oh, my God. Like, I am doomed to go to hell. And she was like, okay, ma'am, do you know what you're doing? You are condemning yourself, and I'm not sure if I'm using the the terms right. She said that condemning yourself is like really like setting the parameter that whatever you do, you're going to hell. How do you spell condemnation, guys? Don't judge me. Just because I'm a writer doesn't mean I know how to spell it. Okay, so like to condemn is to sentence to a particular punishment, especially death, and then to convict. To convict is um, declared to be guilty of a criminal offense by verdict of a jury, da-da-da. This is more like law language. But the other one would be a person found guilty of a criminal offense and serving a sentence of imprisonment. So um, when she told me that, she was like saying, like you know, you're, you're, rather than convicting yourself, because the thing is what happened was that the Holy Spirit was convicting me. The Holy Spirit was convicting me and is still convicting me of the things that I do. You know? But then I was condemning myself. I was like, No, there's no way me and God will ever be in the right. There's no way me I will ever be better, da 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 And so you take all your sins and then you make them your shield. You 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 use them to hide yourself from God. And it's the same thing that Adam and Eve did when you know when they sinned. They went hide because they were, you know, condemning themselves because they knew what they did was wrong. And so the thing is, like, the way I now, like, when she told me that, I was like, no, you're right. And then I prayed. And I've been praying since in a way that is not that is not over the top. And when I say over the top, I don't mean, like, oh, I'm not praying at all. But I've really taken time to kind of, like, establish a much healthier relationship with the way I approach, like, my praying life. Like, and I think when I make mistakes or when I, like, do things that God does not like I don't immediately jump into the boat of like okay I'll meet you in hell no I'm like no Like, I did this thing but how can I be better Mm -hmm. and so and so kind of like praying for God to give you the strength to fight against your flesh praying that you know God gives you the knowledge to know what is going to lead you to sin and like you know even when I do find myself maybe thinking about lustful thoughts or this and that Praying against those thoughts, like you know, dismissing them. Because I think most of us are in a spiritual warfare at all the all the time. But it takes your it takes self-awareness to know that what you're facing is spiritual warfare. And to fight against it is even harder when you especially if you don't know the word of God. So I think like, you know when I when I like got back to talking to God, I sat on my couch and I was crying and I was like I hate to be that person, but God, please just think of me one more time. I'm not saying I'll be perfect, I'll be better. I just, I feel like I've really offended you. I feel like I've really pushed you away, and I feel so alone. I feel so bad, and I just, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep hurting you. You love me so much that you've given me everything I've asked for, but why am I such a bad child? Why am I such a bad You know, I'm person, and yo, like, ever since then, I don't see myself as a bad person. I see myself as someone that's flawed, Mm. and I'm flawed because I'm human. Yeah, I'm flawed because I'm human. Not, but being flawed does not make me any less than human. Before that, I used to think I'm lesser than human. Wow, you know, what you what were you
2: thinking you were? Actually,
1: I just thought, like you know, I just thought that, I just thought that, okay, you know, like when you think about that verse, or when you think about that scripture that says, you know, some people will call out to me and say, "But Jesus, Jesus, we preached about you, we talked about you," but I will turn and look at you and say, "I do not know you." So, are you trying to be friends with God? Are you trying to be friends with Jesus Christ because you want that ticket to heaven? Or are you genuinely curious about the love that Jesus Christ brought for us? Are you genuinely curious to be a better person? And so I am still working on my faith. I'm not saying I'm a preacher or whatever. I am still working on my faith. I am still learning how to take life one day at a time. But I've also learned that I can make mistakes, but that does not mean I am condemned to hell. Unless I, unless I blaspheme the Holy Spirit, unless I look at the Holy Spirit and call it out, names, insult it, whatever. But I love the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to be with me. The Holy Spirit protects me in my dreams. It protects me from people, you know. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit chooses to be with me. But I need to be better. I need to clean up myself. I need to take care of myself so that when I move in the world, as even when I face my struggles, when I carry my cross, you know, following Jesus Christ, I am, I know where I'm going. I'm not trying to just be like, you know, Jesus, I know we haven't talked. No, Jesus Christ, you know my flaws, you. you know what I suck at, you know sometimes I get, you know, angry, you know I don't know. And then God starts to give you strength and starts giving you trials. And, you know, you see yourself and you... You become more aware, and discernment starts to take place. I don't know if that's answering any question, but you you have answered.
0: And God. and it's so funny how, as much as you know, as much as the Bible says, love yourself as you love, I mean, love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Why do I feel like sometimes loving your neighbor is so much easier than loving yourself? Because that's how yeah. the whole shame comes into play. That's how, and I just love how in this piece, you talk about self-love in the most non-capitalistic way. Simple, yeah. like it was simple for self. Because I feel like today's self-love is just about how, oh, you went to, you took yourself out for a facial.
1: Mm. Oh,
0: you went, you took yourself, but nah you talk about how you, at a point you, you only did things for like school. You stopped doing things for yourself. And that is as simple as it you stopped taking care of you you stopped mm. you you stop you stopped the self in the, in, in self-love and I just love ah, mm. oh, I just love how everything was, and you also equate growth to self-worth and being worthy in yourself, believing that mm. you are worthy of love and worthy of happiness. please expand on that
1: i think I think that one is pretty. Sp- But, you know, sometimes we try to, like, we try to read between the lines. It just means that you're worthy of love. Love You you are worthy. Yeah, because let's say, for instance, again, I'll take it back to, you know, Jesus Christ and his death. Like, why? Okay, listen. Jesus Christ did not owe us anything. But yet he loved us so much. God loved us as his creation. That he gave up his only begotten son to die for us, for our sins. He loved us so much. So, why are you not worthy of love? If God loves you so much that he's like, here, my son will go through all the, you know, all the trials and die for you. But not to die for you because, in a sense, like, you know, it's a one way ticket to heaven. It is so that God can see you through Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the one thing that God loves so much, his only begotten son, but his begotten son loved us too, that he was like, I am willing to die for them. So I'm going to go to earth, and I'm going to face it, and I'm going to die for them. So that at least my father, you can look at your children through me. That's why God says, that's why Jesus Christ says that, you know, go to, you cannot get straight to God without going through him. Yeah. So now you have to establish that Jesus Christ loved you. Okay? That's good enough. I am worthy of love. Exactly. Full stop. Have Full you heard stop. Guys?
0: Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to overcomplicate it. You don't need to overcomplicate that.
2: So it's Jimmy Chats, the podcast where we don't take ourselves and lives too seriously.
0: So let's go to technology. Right? Yeah. So you have feminist technology and what's new, open AI and chart GPT, right? Hmm. Or is it GTP? GBT. GTP. GTP? Okay. Yeah. GPT? Okay, GTP. Okay. G-T-P. Okay, so we have feminist technology, right? Hmm. Hmm. Well, this piece, I'm not, I'm not an avid gamer. I don't play, I don't do <laughs> games.
2: I don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame I read you. I already it. I read it, right? It may be oh. the
0: reason why I don't do games. is because why? It's a sexist community. Community. But mm. now it's being women. We're getting women representation. You give an oh. example of Zynga. I don't know if I'm correct in um, saying the name correct. Or Zynga. Zynga. Zynga? yeah. Yeah. So they give women 20. 26 paid weeks leave of maternity and 12 unpaid. And they also give males or men, fathers, 13 paid weeks of maternity leave, right? Mm. My thing with this is, and yeah, it, you also talked about how you gave an example of, um, what's that? GTA, right? Mm. Over sexualization. Mm. How it's a proof of sexism in the gaming. And you know, I feel like no matter, even if you do not know how to play games, you know how those GTA women move in that GTA game. <laughs> They're like, yes. no motion and everything. we <laughs> doing the moves, guys. It's just we in know the... how look like. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of, I, I just loved how like, you could explain for somebody who knows nothing about games to understand And Mm. it's so nice how you you indirectly like related misogyny and you made it and you linked it and you say and you low key like indirectly said how it goes so hand in hand with other forms of discrimination. If you're not a
1: please take the floor and (laughs) tell us I, I'm so glad that you actually read it, cause I know you're like, hey guys, I don't read, but like, um, <laughs> I, I get by. The thing is, like, I grew up on gaming. I grew yeah. up with, like, the exposure, cause like, my, my brother, again, like, we used to play some games on, you know, that time, like, we used to have a desktop, and, you know, <laughs> and we, the family <laughs> computer and stuff. I grew up, like, playing as, uh, like, um, Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider, I think, um, the one, like, the, the remake of, like, Angelina Jolie and stuff Back then qualities were so bad mm. um, I played different types of games growing up and you know phone games all the types of things the thing is like the reason why I wrote that piece is just because like it was actually supposed to be a school project mm. but I didn't want to give up on it because it had so many things that were actually going to be helpful and so the thing about like it's the, the title is um, feminist technology, yeah. But the actual storyline is, um, you know, feminist uh, gaming, uh, feminist gaming, something along those lines, you know. Um, in technology, like let's say for instance, STEM, right? Mm-hmm. Um, STEM is a is a is a space that does not necessarily occupy too many women, um, especially women of intersectionality now to speak on this i i know that you know gaming is not something that people women would think oh my god like i get get into gaming it was actually after i came here to um to canada that's when i kind of got that exposure that oh my god girls can also be gamers and you know but but what exactly is behind gaming and so i started doing research cuz again it was a school project and I came across so much good information that I didn't want to give it up. And so when I wrote it, I kind of like wanted to kind of shape the idea of like, how are women taking over the gaming space? Because we know that gaming, I even quoted some like, you know, academic papers. Um, gaming in the very beginning was not necessarily like, you know, specified for each gender, But the way they were created, you could tell that they were supposed to. So the male um, gaze
0: and everything.
1: The male gaze, but also they were sort of like filtered towards a, a specific, you know, um a specific um group. And then the designers as well. So we're looking at gaming from the audience's perspective, who it's made for and who is making it. Mm-hmm. Because if, if the people that are making it do not have diversity, isn't that exclusion? Isn't that not misogyny per se, the misogyny and like, you know, the misogyny comes in in the treatment of women in those spaces. And so I think I gave a couple of examples of how, like, you know, um, it was so bad for, like, you know, um, women of intersectionality to voice their cases or get the same opportunities opportunities as, um, as men because of just how the hierarchy of, like, you know, opportunity was created. And so, you know, it was, I think it took a while for, like, women's spaces to be established yeah. but it's such a good thing to see it now because it doesn't necessarily like I wouldn't say like it breaks the glass ceiling because I really don't know what that means but what I can say is that I think there's so much that um Africa can learn from the western world in terms of like introducing both female and males in like you know in spaces that are predominantly male of course like it depends on the space because first is construction there's jobs that only men can do because they have the physique of it and all that but then things like gaming right it's technology but it's software technology and so if you're creating let's say equal opportunity for, for men and women to come into that space you would be surprised that maybe a female has better ideas than the male and But she's occupying a lesser position and he's occupying a bigger position, but there is no balance and stuff like that. And the other thing is like the gaming industry is one of the most toxic industries because not only is there like, um, an issue with employment, there is also this thing where they, you know, when they hire people to do projects and stuff like that, they tend to recycle workers, especially if you're starting out into like, you know, into animation and stuff like that. And so, the point that I wanted to make from this article was to to just talk about a different perspective about gaming, because you can never, you don't necessarily think too much about gaming, you just think, oh yeah, it's a boys game, it's a boys mm-hmm. game, like guys do, you know, FIFA and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's like, no. You'd be surprised how many females are occupying the gaming world, why, because it's, both males and females, you need to understand that there is so much great that we can do if we associate everyone in like the technology world, especially the ones that are like misogynistic. And can I, just to end, why until
0: this day is being a woman or maybe having another sexual preference, you also um, talked a little bit about the LGBTQIA plus community, right? why are mm. these two, why is sexual preference and self-identification and being a woman still a diversity higher until today why is that diversity being diverse
1: why is that <laughs> different like... that is definitely a hard question and i don't think i can articulate that thought in a very good way but i'll attempt to um i think it's because you know, the Western world is moving at a different pace compared to the Third World. Um a lot of my exposure has a lot of my exposure has taught me one thing, is like it's gonna take a really long time for Africa to catch up where um the Western world is. Are we going to try to catch up or are we going to try to mend our own way? You yeah. know? So when we say like things like say diversity higher and stuff like that It's definitely the politics that go into, like, you know, the politics that go into sexuality, the politics that go into, like, you know, gender and gender biases and, you know, all these things, like feminism movement and stuff like that. But all those things have their own extremes, the benefits and the the really bad cons and stuff like that. We're not going to get into that. But the point that I'm trying to make is that we could be thinking about diversity higher here in Canada because there is more than one ethnicity Mm. right so everyone has to be represented Mm. but let's talk about malawi do you really need diversity higher no you don't but what do you need you need equal opportunity yeah and so it's like the thing about like the reason why i have even let's say technology as a section is just because like i feel like i i am intrigued to like talk about the stories of how the world is moving, not just from a Westerner's perspective, because I'm not a Westerner, mm. but from the Western perspective and also from the African perspective. What is Africa doing to be better in terms of technology? Are we following in the footsteps of the first world or are we trying to establish our own kind of, you know, um I wouldn't say unity, but I would say our own kind of representation of who we are through technology. Yeah, guys. I don't have anything else to ask
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah now we have what's new
2: open AI mm. chat GPT, mm-hmm. all new to
0: me yeah same I, same. my first actually was, was, oh, oh sorry go ahead. Sorry, oh, no, I just fine. tried it like I was like okay what can I do to maximize my leisure podcast right because this is a leisure podcast yeah and it just gave me, like, and you did mention how it's not Google. It's basically how it's wired to give you specific answers for your specific need. Please mm. just expand on it for, or just explain to us. <laughs> that's Because I know what AI is from just seeing people changing their faces, looking like what they would have probably looked like if they were born in, like, 17. That's what I know AI as. Do I know anything?
2: Yeah. No. yeah. So
1: basically, like um basically like the first the first world is trying to move forward like you know towards um better ways of staying connected. And so right around like, you know, when kind of I wouldn't say when AI was blooming, but I would say like when AI was now like the the mainstream like word or phrase was also around the same time that we were going through the pandemic and there was also that time where the metaverse was happening, right? We saw a lot of like, you know, um cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. We saw a lot of like NFTs and stuff like that. The thing about um the thing about chat I think it it is almost one of those things that is establishing a new way of creating information without having to need, you know, that extra hand, because if this artificial intelligence can do it for you, why would you do it yourself? And so, um, there's also another one. I think it's, um, Dala, if I'm not mistaken. Dala AI, I think, um, Dali, Dali 2 is basically like a, is also an artificial art, uh, artificial intelligence that, creates images based on your descriptions, right? So does that remove artists from the, you know, from the creative space? And when you think of, like, chat GDP, does it remove writers from, you know, that space? No, it doesn't. It just creates better efficiency. It creates better efficiency. And so when you think of, let's say, for instance, Grammarly. Grammarly is a really good, like, you know, why am I doing sponsorships? You all need I'm, I'm,
0: I know Grammarly. At least I yeah. know that way. <laughs>
1: You know, but Grammarly has just implemented like um an AI that's going to help people to even write better, you know, because you can get a subscription with it and whatnot. So basically, like the thing about AI is that it's helping to create sort of a new world. I would say world order, but I would say it's creating new like new ways of doing things with the least amount of effort, like with the least amount of effort. With so kind of like effi- efficiency and kind of like you know um, taking that one further step into like trusting that the technology will do you good. Now the reason now I like the fact that you brought up Google. So in school, guys, you know I paid a lot to be in school, so I need to quit school. In school I learned a lot about Google. And the thing about Google is that it's trash. Okay. It's
0: very, it's very objective, subjective, every
1: exactly. So for instance, you can do this even at home. If you have your phone next to you, do this. Just search up here. And when you search up here, Google has these sort of like um I would say it has this thing where it does not necessarily take into consideration. But okay, see, yeah, now we're in Canada. People, the other people that white, basically. So now go to now go to images. Yeah. All I'm saying. How long did it take you to find your representation? Almost two scrolls, right? Two scrolls, exactly. The first pictures is establishing this sort of like there is um I would say there is a lot of um there's a lot of embedded like embedded um not discrimination but differences of how to represent people. Yeah. You would have to be more specific if you want to find your representation. Interrupting black 4 C hair. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, paths and stuff like paths. that. But Pinterest exactly, but Pinterest is taking a different turn. Pinterest it's scary. is a, a mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I it's now think about it this way, like when will it ever take for Africa to establish their own search engine? So Google is a search engine. Open AI is artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily open AI, but I've talked about two types of AI. I've talked about the one that's creating images. From descriptions, and then a, chat. Yeah, Dall E. Yeah, E. So that's D L D. Yeah, D A L L dash E dash two. So you can see how like artificial intelligence is is definitely introducing a new way of like looking up information, using information, but it doesn't necessarily replace people. Even though we've seen like how you know companies are trying to implement AIs and stuff like that. Wow. We're well, learning
0: actually learning a lot. <laughs> That's I, I just I'm really, really enjoying this.
1: I'm really enjoying this. That's good. Me too. Me too. I I find it very reassuring that you actually read my work.
2: Podcasts where we
0: don't take ourselves and life
1: too seriously. Let's talk about the lore Amayaji Manga. Hey Amayaji Manga, guys <laughs> That you described as a horror. Yeah,
0: I think yeah, I need, I need look to look forward to too much like, about it, because I know yeah. that more is coming, and maybe you cannot review a lot on it. Mm.
1: I hope more is coming. Wait, actually, you know what? I'm actually curious, because now it's good time for me to get a feedback. What did you think?
0: I <sighs> have read a Mayaji manga three times. No way. Yeah, <laughs> I've read it three times. The first time I read it, I was just in awe. I was just in awe. I'm like, what? I was in awe. I've even written here, oh my, I was in awe. I just, I was just in awe, like. Ugh. And then, secondly, I felt shame when I read it for the second time. I felt shame. Why did I feel shame? Right? Because mm-hmm. you write. Like somebody that understands where you come from. You understand what it is. You're Malawian. I felt the Malawian in it. But you're somebody that hasn't, that has lived. Basically, you're, how do they expose? You're someone that's exposed, and that's translated in there. But you understand where you come from. Do I understand where I come from? No. Girl, what you mean? No, like, honestly, guys, like, let's be for real. And I, I even mentioned at the beginning that I'm a, I've am i lived a very sheltered life, right? Mm. And I could feel it, like, when I was reading the entire story, I'm like, these things, like, the way you describe the story, Amayashi Manga, even from the title, I just felt like I was at home. It
1: made me feel <laughs> like I was at home.
2: This, like, is this is why I
1: write. This is why I write. I love I just enjoyed it. That.
0: And that statement. Zao Fit Ivan Bruh. That just reminded me of my mom. And that's such like uh, auntie mom like statements. <laughs> <She> said, <Yeah. laughs> oh Zagundima. You know what? That made me yeah. you know that made me laugh. Because Zagundimai can be so many things. It can mean so many things depending
1: on the context. <laughs> that is so true. Come oh on, then you read it okay, you know what? You know what? I'm gonna <laughs> okay. tell you now. I would definitely put up chapter three by the end of this month.
0: We need it. But can I ask is the story in Jer- I mean is the woman in Jera's story Jinyezi?
1: Yeah, Jinyezi. Um so the main character is Njera.
0: Yeah. Oh, so the main
1: I character is in The Okay, so there are two main characters. There's a protagonist. Because when you write, he going is, to the technicalities. He is, he is. When you write stories, right? Of course, you know this. Um, you have to, you you have to create a conflict. So is it man versus man, or is it man versus world, or is it, you know, whatever it is. So this one is like man versus man. So it's like protagonist versus antagonist. They're both main characters. Jera is the protagonist. Um, And Jinyezi is The antagonist But Yeah
0: Cat and mouse basically So you kind of gave that away in that cat and mouse analogy You
1: gave us Yeah and I I don't mind it because Because you have to choose One character Who is justified Within their action
0: Exactly You know the first chapter You kind of described Jinyezi as this godlike being. She was just like a like something like you just hear of. But then the last paragraph, you show her vulnerability as you bathed at the beginning of the day, her skinny like figure. And I was just like. And then the second chapter, you start to kind of like let in like a low key ignorance from her parts. <laughs> Mwina, then she needs it to a certain extent.
1: Oh yeah. You know, yeah, oh yeah, she, she, she lives to establish power. That's why she does not want anyone to talk to her anyhow. But it's also kind of like, and I, I think that's why a lot of it has to translate to like, Jijiawa, because like, yeah. if you get that sort of vibe from like, you know, it's, it's in an African setting, it's in a very like rural village, you know the type of person Jinyezi is, but you don't really know. Yeah. And you know what type of person Jera is, but you don't necessarily encounter them too much. Like, Jera is just like. Jera is just like that lady that's always trying to, like, cry, and she's like. But how. Why would that character be a protagonist? Why? Exactly. So, you gotta create a whole backstory. Hmm. Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, am waiting for your questions just so that I don't overexpose myself. <laughs> yes, that, That's this reason, why I tried to limit my questions as much as possible.
0: But so you're describing the people of the village as basically followers. Mm. And the and the only question I could just think of is like, as humans, we just like to do what has been told. No questions. Mm. And I'm getting a sense of like, Njera is a realist to like, is it to a fault? You can't Yeah. Tell. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. yeah she... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you, but you've gotten me excited. I didn't know that you read that. I thought they were <laughs> I thought I just... they would... <laughs> I can't even say it. I thought, you were just gonna stop at, um, what do you call it? You're just gonna Technology? stop at. Yes, you're just gonna stop at the, you know, coma. the fact that you went to Lore and read it, I, to be sincere, I think you've just given me a mental boost for the rest of the year to keep working at it. Because I, I never you. actually, yeah, because I never actually knew that I had people that were actually interested in what I was writing. Um, the thing is, like, with Jera, is like, the reason, the reason why I like Jera, or the reason why I hate her so much is like, She's the type of person that is definitely a realist to a fault, but she's also too curious to a point that it might actually kill her. Mm. And then the person that she's interested in is not the person to be messed with. That's why when when we see like the way Geniezy talks, it's like who would want to talk to a person like that. But you've also noticed how Geniezy—I guess we haven't gotten there—but there's points where in the story where we see Geniezy conduct herself with like. Children and, uh,
0: um, mm, at the end.
1: Yeah, but yeah, you know, those are, those are informations of chapter three.
0: Okay, I can't wait. I need to, I knew more was coming
1: about the children. Yeah, because, you it, know, children are the future.
0: That kind of like humanizes her to a certain extent, like dealing with how, how, how she waits for the children every month. Boils, knows that they like the boiled maize and roasted. Ah. But can I say, you know those people that say, um, they made it look so easy. That is what this felt like. So deep, yes, d- delivered so simply. Like, hoodie, it's not hard to read. Like, it was just, like, flowing. Yeah. You just made it look so easy. We know no it's hard.
1: Ah, girl. Thank you so much. Honestly, like... Yo, this is why I love writing. I don't love writing to hear the compliments. I just love writing because, again, remember when I said vulnerability. I think when I was writing that I was writing from a vulnerable place because as a writer or as someone who is creative, I have to accept that. Because if I deny myself that I'm not creative, then I cannot produce anything creative enough. And so when I started accepting the fact that I'm actually a very creative writer, I had to show myself. I had to actually show myself. And so to hear you say, like, yeah, we definitely know that it's hard, but you make it look so easy. I think that's what every person strives to be in whatever they pursue. You ever see, like, those, um not to say that I'm comparing myself to these people, but you ever see, like, how, like, ballerinas dance and they look so, like, they're like,
0: That was what I thought of. I was thinking about people that play basketball and they just look like they're just sliding. People that dance like this is what it like that is like a mental image of your of your writing.
1: That's how I felt
0: that's how I felt. I'm not gonna give up, honestly. I enjoyed, like, let me not lie to you. I enjoyed
1: everything I read.
0: There was nothing that
1: like I actually this one, the lore, is supposed to be a short series of different stories. So, a magic manga is just the first story, and then there's other stories, because, again, like I said, I love fiction, so I wanted to do, like, something traditional, um, inspired by other writers as well. I wanted to do something traditional, and then something science fiction, and stuff like that. So, like, with a magic manga, I think it's just going to be about seven to maybe nine chapters, depending on how little, or, like, how, why I want to take the story, um, but I think I think moving forward, when you read like the chapters to come, you're going to see why I wrote the story. Can't wait. Yeah. Are we going <laughs> to hear you. more about how the monster was put away? Yeah, I think yeah. You're. <laughs> Just, when you read it, don't dislike me after. And be like, how dare you do that? <laughs> don't. You just got thinking. <laughs> okay.
0: And finally, just the last question. Okay. You have heard oh. what I think about your writing, right? But oh. it's nice to hear from the artist what they think of their writing. So how would you describe your writing style? What is it? And, you know, cause you like, you know, artists like to hear different perspectives, right? But, and oh. also another question that I'd like you to answer, right? What is that one perspective that if you heard, you'd be like, look, nope, that is not it. Not at all and it's never gonna be that. So I need you to answer two questions. Describe your writing writing style from Nene's perspective and what mm. it's
1: definitely not. To kind of answer your question of like how would I describe my writing but also what it's not? I feel like before I say that I I wanna say like for any creative person that's listening to this, um because you're also a creative person. The fact that you went about and started a podcast, I feel like that's so empowering, and give credit where it's due. So I do hope that you don't stop producing, um, you know, your podcast. But also, I think there's so many Malawians that would want the platform where they can freely talk about their creative outlet, right? I think that if anything, you won't know how good you are until you try. Yeah,
2: I've
1: been trying since I've been trying since I was young. And, you know, you meet things along the way. The way I would say my writing is not, my writing is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. My writing is not for everyone. I have a specific audience and that's my people. Mm -hmm. That's why if you look at like Amaya Amaya Yeah, because it's not more authentic for me to add my own language, my -hmm. mother tongue, in order to establish the fact that This audience is not for everyone. This work is not for everyone. That's not what it is. I feel like if people were to describe my work and say, oh my God, are you trying to be profound? I would say no. There's so many great writers out there. Mm -hmm. There's so, you know, like, but the ones I've seen so far are like, you know, African-American, you know, or maybe Nigerian. I'm not saying I want to be the first fiction writer, like, Malawian fiction writer, no. I would describe my writing as inspiring. Yeah. I think (laughs) it's a reach, but I, I think I take, I take my writing as a gift from God. Because it's a gift from God. I want to write books. I want to write stories that if I were to ever go back home and I give them to children, children would be inspired to become creative people. Because that's what reading did for me. When I started reading, you know, in high school, I became inspired. So I write to inspire. I don't write to be profound. I don't write to be liked. I write to inspire, but I don't write to inspire everyone. I want to inspire young Malawian kids. I want to inspire the kids that, you know, don't go to school because they have to go farming or the kids that are in teenage marriages or the kids that just never had the privilege of being exposed and, you know, coming to Canada or just even going outside of Malawi. You know, Mm. I I really want for people to read my work and feel who I am. They can tell that that's my voice, even though the story is being said, but they're like, this is her writing. We mm-hmm. know this is Mercia, you know? Yeah. So I write to inspire. I th- I, that's the first time I'm answering that question. And I usually like myself and say, it. I write for myself, but actually, no, that's not true. I think I write to inspire.
0: Didn't you have inspired?
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> that You're is one thing I'm going
1: to learn.
0: What? I enjoyed everything I read. Even the things I don't know about, I enjoy reading. And that is hard.
1: You know, um you don't know how impactful your words have been throughout um the segment. But I really appreciate the fact that your words have been sincere and have pushed me in the right mental space. I think they've encouraged me to stay on the path that I'm on. Please stay on it
0: That's one thing I
1: would, I would say. Do my best. I will do and my best Stay on it Like While watching I do appreciate that I cannot say that enough I really do Like I said I didn't I didn't even know That people would read it I just I've been trying to just Kind of like Stick to a routine Like um,
2: To
0: write And how do we even share Like is there like Do we share links Or screenshots <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question.
1: Figure out how to share it, but I just don't know. I'm gonna put in my links now. Hmm. If you want to see my work and you only have access to like Instagram, you need to look up um, at Kalino Works. That's K A L I N O Works, W O R K S, and then it will show my name, Nene Kalino, and then you just go to my page, my friend, like my. My um my homepage and then just go to the link which is nercyakalino.com which is n e r c y a k a l i n o dot com yo I bought that domain I was like I ain't trying to I ain't trying to like do too much and of course like it will take you straight to the main page which is the blog page which is um call it life I was trying to come up with the name and I just decided call it life because I think it is life. It's I just life. exactly it's life. Yeah. So but then if you wanna share, how you can go about it is if you do open it on a phone browser, you can literally just copy the link and then forward it to someone or whatever it is that you wanna do. Um I haven't actually added in comment sections just because like I don't think I'm I'm ready to hear people's opinions. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm ready to okay, hear people's opinions. And yeah, that is I okay. Think yeah, I think I just want people to read and keep their opinions to themselves. But to hear you go about it in this way, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I'm being too doubtful about my writing because, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna. But the thing is, like, I feel like if I have too much pride, then I'm not gonna perform well. I I just wanna be open about what I'm writing and just kind of deep dive. But yeah, you should definitely are going to love chapter 4 and 5 because that's when the thing's kind of like, oh, uh, you're going to be like, ain't no way. But, you know, it's horror. And you got to ask yourself, what's so horrific about this type of writing? It's like,
0: you will see. I, I also, see. yes, I can't wait. I can't wait for more. I really cannot wait for more. And that's great. I just want to say thank you for coming on and allowing me to ask you about your work. Because Yeah, that means a lot for taking your time to talk to me and speak with me and show your insights on some topics in life in general. I really appreciated this. I really, really do appreciate this.
1: No same. I think I really just love the fact that I can talk about things I'm interested in. I, I love talking to people about like, you know, um, life and growth and, you know, God, but also like passion. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you thought of me and reached out, and I'm very grateful for the fact that we talked. And yo, for everyone listening, we started talking at nine. No, yeah, at nine p.m. and it's one a.m. That's how good this conversation was. it's
0: been very good.
1: Yeah, great conversation. Because again, I really do appreciate the fact that you've also found your creative outlet. Just don't give up. And you know, I'm definitely. She told me before we started recording. She told me that she loves she loves it if people can come and feature. So, y'all, I'm gonna come back. You did. I'm gonna come you back. need to. You
0: need to. <laughs> because I feel like because the first when I was starting the podcast, it was just that type of thing where like, okay, let me start it. Right? I wasn't ready to start yeah. having people like that yet. Right? But now. I'm not a person that likes to speak a lot. I think people that know me personally know that I just—I'm not a person that talks a lot in general. I just like to listen to people and the creatives. I really want to speak to more creatives from Malawi yeah. specifically, because I there's like so Malawi, many people.
2: I mean,
0: Malawi is just
1: not heard enough for me. That's one fact. Yeah. Every time someone asks me, like, where are you from? I'm like, southeast of Africa, Malawi, where there's possibly Right? You have to give them a description.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, and this is a podcast where we don't take ourselves and life too seriously, by the way. We are the chats of the cheese. Wanna bring me the ting,
2: ting, ting?